Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. 1 Peter chapter 5 is one of those passages that really stands out for me. And you're going to see why I say that in just a moment. We come to chapter 5, verses 1 to 5 today as we are studying through the book of 1 Peter Let me just remind you quickly that this book is written to a group of people that we're calling aliens. And the reason we're doing that is Peter called them aliens. Not the kind from outer space, but those that are in a different country than their country of citizenship. And we are aliens for sure. You know, we hold dual citizenship. We are citizens of perhaps the United States of America, but as Christ followers, we are citizens of our permanent country, our permanent home, and that's heaven. And Peter is writing to this group that are under stress, under duress. They are running from persecution, and they're experiencing escalating persecution, and he is telling them how to live and how to live well. Well, On today's podcast, we look at, as I said, chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness nor yet is lording it over those who are allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. You younger men likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble." And so, as you read that, you may understand why this is an outstanding passage to me as one who has pastored for most of my adult life and, um, and as one who loves pastors and appreciates them, uh, leaders in the church. I love this passage. It begins again with the word therefore, and once again, when therefore is there, it is there for a reason. And it refers back to chapter 4 that is just finished talking about suffering again. And it's so it puts this whole passage in the context again of suffering. In the midst of suffering, Peter says, I want to talk to you church leaders. And, and he says, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Um, I, I just want to say that leadership is connected to challenges. And, and that includes persecution. Leadership is connected to working through challenges. That, that is inherent in, in leadership and definitely in church leader, leadership. And so, uh, in the midst of all of those challenges, and, and for these readers here, in the midst of even their persecution, leaders need encouragement too. Did you know that? Your pastors need encouragement. And so, Peter is encouraging them right off the bat. He encourages them by identifying with them. He calls himself a fellow elder. 
and 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 he uh, submits his apostleship. He says, uh, "I'm your fellow elder. I am a witness of the sufferings of Christ." You know, in order to be an apostle, you had to have witnessed Christ, had actually physically been with Christ. And and Peter says, "I am a witness. I saw Christ suffer." Myself, And so what Peter has talked about throughout this letter is not theoretical. It's not, it's not hypothetical. It is something that he actually saw with his own two eyes. He witnessed Christ's suffering. And then he says, and also, I am a partaker of the glory that is to be revealed. <clears throat> and he had partaken in future glory. And one of the places he had done that is that the transfiguration. Uh, there he saw uh, a glimpse of Christ's glory, a glimpse of what he would be a partaker of in the future, specifically uh, at the coming of Christ. And, and so Peter says, as your elder, all of these things um, qualify me to, to talk to you church leaders, to talk to you elders. And so in verse 2, then he gets right down to it. He says, shepherd the flock of God among you. And, and I want to just uh, make a mention of that term, flock, the flock of God. Um, he, he is letting them know that the people under his charge, under their charge, is, that's not their people. It's God's people. It's God's flock. And so church leaders, um, the church doesn't belong to them. The people doesn't belong to them. They belong to God. They're God's flock. Uh, church leaders are just temporary stewards of that flock. They are charged with managing the flock of God. And what a, what a great uh, responsibility and what a great privilege and honor that is. And so here in verse 2, there are three words that are used for church leaders. And those three words are elders, shepherd, and oversight. And each of those words uh, refer back to the same person, the same uh, office, the office of the pastor of the, of the church leader. Those three words are also used over in Acts chapter 20 in verses 17 and 28 where Paul is bidding farewell to the elders at Ephesus, at the church at Ephesus. He's telling them farewell and in that he gives them a charge and, and those th same three words are used. I want to go over them real quickly. Uh, the word elders is, is in the original language presbyteros. We get the word Presbyterian from that. And pre an elder of presbyteros, that referred to the spiritual maturity of the man. The man's spiritual maturity. That's something that's very important for us to, to understand. You see, a church leader, a pastor, cannot be a novice. Though That was made clear in Paul's writing to Timothy. It cannot be a novice, someone that's fresh and new in the faith. It has to be somebody that is matured in the faith. The original, the etymology of this word, the original uh, root of this word referred literally to someone who was elderly, who had had some years behind them in maturity, but it, it was used in this context for spiritual maturity. And then the word shepherd, shepherd the flock, shepherds, is the word poimain, and, and it, it refers to uh, a shepherd, to, to someone that leads and that feeds and that protects. You know, the original um, idea was someone that had sheep and, and that took care of the sheep. And so that, that was the word that was used, and it referred again to the same man, to the same 
person, the pastor. And then uh, exercising oversight. That word oversight is the word episkopos, from which we get the word episk, uh, 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 um, and, and get the word episcopal. I almost stuttered on that one, didn't I? <laughs> uh, and you're getting me just as it is, raw and unedited. So oversight, episkopos, from the word episcopal. And it um, is also translated in some places, uh, bishop. And it refers to the governing or ruling or overseeing aspect of, of church leadership. And so here are these three words, elders, shepherds, overseers, used here in, in, verse, in verse 2. And we see out of that the primary tasks of the pastor. And a pastor that leads well will perform these tasks. And by the way, the word elder is almost always used in the plural, elders, unless it's referring to a specific elder. And the idea there is the plurality of elders. It is always good for a church to be led not just by one man, but by a group of men. Now, there tends to be one who leads uh, uh, the, the leaders. Uh, Peter was the one in that case. Uh, Peter tended to be the leader of the leaders. And so, uh, but, but th- that plurality of elders is an important concept in, in the scriptures. And it's, and it's a concept, I don't have time to get into it today, but it, it brings with it great safety. And, and when done biblically and right, it is awesome. It's the way to lead a church. So the primary task of the pastor first is the task of feeding feeding the flock. And I I cannot overemphasize this. Again, my time is limited, but go through 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. Those are referred to as the pastoral epistles, the pastoral letters. Paul writing to Timothy and writing to Titus, both young pastors instructing them. And you'll you'll see in there, uh, he'll tell them to remind people. He'll tell them to preach. He'll tell them to teach. He'll tell them to instruct. And, and he'll tell them to speak the word. He'll tell them to handle the word accurately. And, and so it is the primary responsibility of pastors to teach, preach the word of God. It brings, it brings great grief to my soul, and I mean this. And the older I get, the more grief it brings to my soul to, to see uh, pastors and teachers and leaders in churches that that do sermons light and that give a good TED talk and attach some scriptures to it. Look, there's there's some some uh, value in in some of that, but I am telling you, we are we are bringing people short. We we are not we are shortchanging. Is what the word I'm looking for again. <laughs> We're shortchanging people. As pastors, when we do not open the Word of God and just plow into it and give people the Word of God, not a lot of psychology, not a lot of of uh, common sense. There's enough of that out there, but just give them the Word because it is the Word that brings salvation, and it's the Word that brings growth and sanctification. It is the Word that is adequate, and so it's the pastor's responsibility to to do that. 
And then the second task is to lead, to lead by example, uh, to take the oversight. The scriptures say in 1 Timothy 5, 17, uh, the elders that rule well. Now, this is not a dictatorial authoritarian rule. As a matter of fact, there's a warning against that in this, in this passage. Uh, he, goes, he goes on to say, not lording it over them. And, and then it war- they're warned as, as pastors and leaders not to go for sordid gain. Avoid the temptation of uh, the motivation of trying to get rich off of the ministry. Not what God wants, but do it with willingness and eagerness. And not under compulsion, but voluntarily. In other words, be motivated. Don't be lazy. Uh, go after it. Give it your very, very, very best. I like verse 4. Verse 4 says, And when the chief shepherd appears, that's Jesus, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. We're working not for the applause of men. We're working not ultimately for money. We're working not for power and for fame, but we're working to please the Lord Jesus who will reward us when we see Him. And that's something that, that leaders have to keep in mind. And then verse 5 says, uh, you younger ones, submit to your pastors and do it with humility. And humility is what brings that kind of mutual submission. And so I encourage you to read this passage. I encourage you to pray for your pastors, pray for your leaders. And I encourage pastors and leaders to lead well the way God has asked us to do it. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.